and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So you're very lucky today because originally when um, Dave did the roster for me to preach, um, I was going to be talking about parenting. Uh, Yeah, look, I don't have any kids, so I don't think you really want my advice. My tactic is to be the fun auntie, apply them full of sugar and then give them back when they're feral and tired. So Kieran can attest to that because that's also his strategy. But so instead of talking about parenting, we're talking about friendship today. Um, And I am brought up about connectiveness and how connectiveness is going to be the thing that drives people coming to church and people getting saved, which is really what it's all about. Um. So let's pray, hey? Father God, I, I lift our friends up to you right now. I lift this message up to you, lift our church up to you, that there would be um, hearts transformed, that we would see friendship for what you say it is, and that we would be encouraged today and maybe even a little bit challenged. Um, but this is all for your glory, Lord, and we give you all the honour and all the praise. And everybody said, Amen. So I've been thinking about friendship this week, obviously, in preparation for today. And this thought dropped into my mind about there are two sides to friendship there is the gift of friendship, and there is the work of friendship. So the gift of friendship is the things that come from having friends. Who likes having friends? I like having friends. And so friendship is a gift from God because we know that all good and perfect things come from God, right? But then there's also the work of friendship. I don't, and I find this particularly as an adult, I can't, it's not like being you're all in at the same time, like you actually have to try and be friends with people. You have to talk to people. Um, and one of the ways that I did that for myself is I joined a hockey team because you have to talk to people and, you know, there's lots of different people to talk to. Um, but as Christians, we know that God's not just for us, right? They're to share with people, Christians and non-Christians alike. And just as I said before, God is moving in our community and the reason I think that we pray for one is because moves of God come out of connectiveness when we're connected to the Holy Spirit and when we're connected to each other. So we're going to kick it off right like right off the bat with Scripture Zeke, if you can for me. When I think about friendship, this is the verse. It's like the rest of the Bible doesn't exist. This is what I think of in Ecclesiastes. It's verse uh, 9 to 12. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their If either falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. When I was preparing this, <laughs> just for giggles, I googled the word friendship, just because you know, I wanted to see what would come up because lots of people have different ideas about friendship. I know that the algorithm knows I'm a student and knows that I'm doing a science-based degree because the first thing that came up 
was six science-backed reasons why friendship is important. <laughs> and I love that science actually is now finally catching up to what the Bible has already laid out for us. Reasons that friends are good for you, according to Google and the weird science website. Quality friends make you physically healthier. Physically, social connection is linked to lower blood pressure, lower BMI, less inflammation, and a risk of diabetes. I don't quite know how that works, but sure. They didn't need science for this one. Friends make you happier and improve your mental health. I'm sure we've all experienced the acquaintance that has remained an acquaintance because every time you talk to them, you start up here and then you finish down here. There's some knowing head nods. But then we also experience those people who you can start down there and it doesn't matter what you talk about, you finish emotionally up here, right? Friends make you live longer. Social ties are a survival mechanism. I love that God has set friends up in a way that it's not just a nice idea. Actually, you need them to live. Because friends make us feel safe and supported and loved. Friendships are linked to financial success. They didn't really have much chance on that, so I don't know if that's actually true. But you never know. Socialising and having friends makes you less to get sick because of the way that stress harms your immune system, having friends and seeing your friends reduces your stress, so it strengthens your immune system. And the last one is friends make us feel safe. We all know what it's like to be rejected and we all know what it's like to have those things that like gut you. The you feel that physical pain when you something emotionally happens is linked to the same part of your brain. So it's effectively like being, you know, if it's in the gut, it's like someone's pushed you in the gut because you can't differentiate. God has laid out a picture of it for us because two are better than one. Where we're connected, doing life together. Nothing reminds me of this more when something good happens to you and the first thing you want to do is tell someone, right? Do we all have that person that you're like, I'm, I've got to tell them. This is the best thing ever. I've got to tell them. And more and more I see a culture of like the self-made person, which is kind of a load of nonsense, but it's the self-made. I did it all by myself. This was all me. But we can't do everything ourselves, you know. The Bible is clear, right? When you fall down, there's no one to help you get back up. When you, when you lie down, who's going to keep you warm? A couple of weeks ago, I was to Wollongong to do a triathlon. And um, it's a, quite a big event, so people. And... So you're all sort of mixed in together. And while I was running, I saw two people running with a rope between them. And it took me a little too long to figure out that actually one of them is visually impaired and they have the rope so that they don't lose each other. It's really cool. I did a little bit of research. It's a, it's a whole thing. It's how they do Paralympics. They did the swim together. They ride on a tandem bike. It's, it's actually really cool. 
And so triathlons are quite hard, like physically and mentally when you do it by yourself. But I can only imagine what it's like when you've also got to worry about someone else who's connected to you. But that being connected reminds me of Ecclesiastes because here are two people who are running the race together. That they're not necessarily always immediately right next to each other. Sometimes someone's just a little bit ahead. Sometimes you're just a little bit behind. And through the race, you play off each other. So when one of you feels strong, that plays into the other person. And if they're not feeling quite strong, you hold each other up and you keep each other accountable. And you can see what's ahead. So I can say, if I have a partner, I can say, hey, there's a hill up ahead. Or particularly I saw them at a point in the race where you've got to cross a road. So the way that she would coach would be like, okay, there's going to be a little lip here. Okay, you're going to run across a road. I'll tell you when the next lip is. And they're in constant communication with each other. This kind of friendship, kind of connectedness is for both Christians and non-Christians. For Christians, we're running the race of faith together, right? So we need to be connected to each other, to see what's up ahead, to be next to each other so that we stay in the race. And when we're with non-believers, it can mean that we have a chance to run alongside them, to be the person to help pick them up when they fall, to be there when they need encouragement, to keep going, and to, when there are pitfalls in their life, to alternate route because our eyes are opened. Our eyes have hope. We have Jesus. The second thing about friendship is there is the work of friendship. In all of the goodness of God that comes from the good times and the belly laughs and the, you know, all the good bits. We have to remember that friendships are, are things that we need to tend, you know. That it just happen out of nowhere. And in all my life, I am thankful for the friendships at work. We read before in verse 10, it says, if either of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I often don't think about the work of friendship, and I think most of us don't because we generally just do it. It's not something that we sit down and we pick apart. And I'm not talking about people that it's like hard to get on with, right? I'm talking about people who are actually your friends that you like spending time with. And the work is, is meaningful. It's, it's a type of discipleship and accountability. When you're both... It, it, sorry. It's a friendship that works because neither of you is better than the other, but you're both connected to the Holy Spirit. I'm eternally grateful to the friends in my life that will call me out on my stuff. It's, it's the whole reason I'm in a church. My, one of my friends said to me, I don't care where you go to church, as long as it's not a cult, go anywhere, just go. And it was an encouragement that I needed to hear, but I didn't want to hear it. But I needed to hear it, and the Holy Spirit knew that I needed to hear it. And I do the same for her. When she is spinning out or when she's having a moment, we're very brutal with each other, so... I will quite happily say, hey, what are you doing? Pull your head in. That's, you know that's not the way. And I'm sure 
all of us have ways that we handle it with our own friends. We're just very aggressive. It's the competition in us. And I think in this self-made culture, because we never, everything's done by myself, I never develop the depth of relationship. Like I never develop the sort of thing that, that means that I can call Zoe out and be like, I don't like that in you. That thing that you do, I don't like it. And it's not biblical and, you know, don't do that anymore. But if I never have that sort of relationship, it comes from two things. The first one is a sense of pride. It's the pride of, of never letting anyone in to help you grow, to help you dig out the junk that is rotting your soul. And it becomes an issue because we convince ourselves that we're the only one that we need. But the problem with that is that if you're the only one that knows what you need, then you will shut down the Holy Spirit. You will remove your ability to hear him correctly because he'll talk to you in all sorts of ways. There is this lie that because people have been hurt before, they never let anyone back in out of fear. And if you've been hurt by friends before, I'm sure we all have, I want to validate that for you. But I, I really encourage you, don't let that be a reason that you never engage in a meaningful friendship again. They are a gift from God. And if they're a gift from God, they're good and perfect. And if there is hurt there, God will heal that hurt. The second part is, is that we will value friendship over friend. I do this a lot because I hate conflict. I will put more stock in having the friendship than valuing the person, right? I don't want the awkward conversation ruining the good time because I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I don't want my friendship to change. I don't want to lose the friendship that I have because I like them as a person, because they get me because Kieran gets all the weird parts about me. The problem is he's married to me, so he's stuck forever. All of these reasons that we find ourselves not to have a hard conversation, all of these reasons that we find not to help our friends grow. Now, there's a time and a place for this. We don't get to just go around dragging people for the sake of helping them grow. The problem is that when I move away from saying something and helping my friends grow, I become the problem. And again, I shut down what God is doing in that person because I don't want to be a vessel for him. I wonder if we would consider the effect that it has when we stifle the Holy Spirit and the moments that we lose out on to experience the gift of friendship because we don't want to say the thing that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to say. The Bible is, is really clear in Proverbs 27, 17. As shine, as shine, I can read. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Iron gets sharpened when it gets smacked against another piece of iron and it can feel rough and it can feel really hard but we know that two are better than one. Because when someone falls, when 
we feel like we're left out in the cold when life is rough for us. We need other people to help us feel like we're less alone. And the Holy Spirit has given us Himself and He has given us other people. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.